0: Two promises are just words. This is episode 40, Boards Don't Hit Back. Or as Bruce Lee would say, Boards Don't Hit Back. Today I'd like to say hello to three people and the first one is Melissa Wu. She is an Australian diver. She won Olympic Games silver medals and she's also won two Commonwealth Games gold and numerous other medals. Second person is Luke Patton, one of my favourite players from uh, the Bulldogs. He's an ex-Bulldogs rugby league player. He played at fullback. He scored eighty-two tries in two hundred and twenty-five games. And after he finished um, playing, he became a video referee. And and part of that role, he was overseeing over four hundred games in the NRL. The last person is Lucy Bloom. She's a former CEO of Sunrise Cambodia, a writer, a speaker, and management consultants. Today, I'd like you to say hello to Melissa Wu, Luke Patton, and Lucy Bloom.
1: So I did miss a fair bit of school when I was in high school because of training and competition commitments. I used to travel a lot, uh, pretty much from the age of 13, for competitions all over the world. Uh, but yeah, I did enjoy school though. And probably one of my, yeah, well, the things I remember most about school and that I enjoyed was that... Uh, my p e teacher was actually a diver as well, so particularly when I first started making international competitions and I was quite nervous about the whole thing. He used to give me a lot of great advice and um uh, pretty much on anything on you know things to eat and comp time how to manage stress and yeah he was just kind of that person that you know I knew was looking out for me and um I had that connection with him not just as an athlete but because he was my teacher as well uh but yeah I actually I did homeschooling as well because I ended up traveling uh a lot and then missed a lot of school so it just made it really difficult for me to do it normally even though my school was really supportive uh so yeah I did make move to homeschooling um for a probably a year or so and I, I just didn't really enjoy that so much it wasn't the same as being there in person uh, but yeah I guess I had to do what I had to do and make make those uh, sacrifices for diving my favorite competition has to be my first Olympics which was in Beijing in 2008 I was 16 at that Olympics and that's where I won a silver medal so yeah obviously that's when that's my best result to date, but apart from that, it was just a really special moment uh. because I think, yeah, your first Olympics is always your most special Olympics, and yeah, not only did I win a medal, but I also had my family there watching, which is really cool, really special for me, Uh, and yeah, I think just because of my Chinese heritage and background, being able to have my first games in Beijing in China was really special too, so yeah, there are a few different things about that that made that An awesome competition and awesome games. And yeah, that's one that I'll never forget. As an athlete, I think it's super important to have role models and people that you can look up to, uh, especially when you're a young athlete. For me, I was really lucky to be able to train with Olympians from a really young age, from about the age of 12. So definitely for me, that helped me. Uh, It helped shape the kind of athlete that I was. And I based a lot of my training on their work ethic and their hard work and dedication so having that uh, yeah to basically compare myself every every day pushed me to be a better athlete and helped me achieve my goals at a really young age so yeah I think definitely role models are super important in having a really good influence on young athletes.
2: I started playing rugby league when I was five Uh, the main reasons being that you know my dad had played and um, I'd been to watch him play and also uh, had coached, so I'd been in, you know, in and around footy for a long time growing up, and both my brothers, the older brothers, had played as well. So, um, you know, if we weren't playing footy on the weekend, we will playing in the backyard, and uh, you know, I really loved the game. So, that's how I got into footy, and I guess it didn't really have an impact on my schooling at all. Um, you know, certainly in primary school or anything, you know, I was always active. I love the active side of whenever I was at school, the running, cross country, and all that stuff, and. Footy probably helped me with that. Um, wasn't until I got to high school that, um, my schooling probably um, didn't get as much attention as it should have, and I focused more on footy and and saw a real career path, um, for footy and and trying to make rep teams while I was still at school and and focusing on trying to make the NRL. And it's a it's a regret that I have that I didn't uh, focus more on the footy. I didn't have a plan B, and uh, I wish I had a. Focused a bit more on my football and done better at school. Uh, examples of leadership and teamwork that I learnt um, over my time that you know some of the students could use. I guess my biggest thing was uh, you know I was never the fastest or the strongest um, footy player, but you know I was very competitive. And um, going to to the Bulldogs early in my career uh, probably was the best thing that have ever happened to me. I got a, I learnt a really good um, work ethic. Um, and towards the back end of my career, I worked harder than anyone else. You know, I was the first one to training, uh, and I was the last one to leave. And that's purely because I wanted um, almost perfection. You know, I was very hard on myself if I made mistakes, and so um, I just I thought if I worked very hard, uh, that the results would come. Uh, and there's no magic recipe to it. You just have to do the work. And and another thing I learnt was to improve on your weaknesses. And it, you know, we all know. Um, what our weaknesses are, whether it be, you know, for me, footy-wise, uh, one of the weaknesses was I wasn't very good at catching bombs, the high ball. So, you know, I'd catch 100 bombs a day in whatever conditions. So I'd get the best kicker to kick me the bombs, and it ended up being a real strength for me. And so I guess if you're honest with yourself and, you know, you might have a weak subject or something that you're not so good at, um, you can turn that around and make it a real strength in yours, and you get a lot of self-confidence out of that. Uh, another thing was, I guess, not to let failures um, get you down or or, or stop you from doing what you want to do. You should use that. And I used uh, a few times when, early in my career when I was told that maybe I wasn't good enough or um, something like that, that you use that fuel to drive you and and, and you use that to make you train harder or for you guys it might be to study more or you you might have to sacrifice doing something that you really want to do one day and just and do the study so that you know you're ready. If you've done the work, that you'll be ready. And and lastly, for me, the, the biggest thing I learnt was when I did become a senior player, I took a, a lot of pride in not only my own performance um, but the team's performance. And I think um, once you take a lot of pride in your performance and um, you really care about it, that that you'll do the good work. And I think um, that's something that I've really carried over from footy into my. Work career, you know the few jobs that I've had. I've, um, you know, I really expect myself to do a good job, and I have that work ethic, and I have that all to thank for footy.
3: Blow my whistle, baby. Blow my whistle, baby. achieve any dream please don't limit yourself don't live your life limited it's not all sadness and misery life's a challenge but you will succeed take control of To come to achieve, you must believe you can live out all your dreams. Persevere, you'll never. To come to achieve your
4: Is for Mark Atmore who found me on Instagram and asked if I would answer some questions for a podcast for his students. So here we go. Question one is what are some important life lessons you that you picked up during your own schooling? I've got three things that I picked up during schooling which have really mattered to me. Uh, for the rest of my life. Number one is I learned to get organized. In high school no one was doing things for me. I had to actually start to develop my own systems for being organized and I have found over my career and I've been the CEO of international aid charities and I've run businesses and I've created startups. uh, I have found that being organized is an incredible attribute to have. my life would be uh, a lot less efficient if I weren't organized. Part of being organized, I also learned at school, and school kind of helps you do this, is to learn the art of focus. So really learn to focus and do deep work. Uh, Focus on the deadline at hand, the lesson at hand, the class at hand, uh, whatever it is you've got to get done now, just focus on that. I've done some neuroscience study over the last year and part of that was a whole um, chunk of work on the fact that studies now show that humans cannot multitask, that humans can only switch really quickly from one task to the next. They can't Um, actually do two things at once and when they try to they do those two things really badly like driving and texting really badly. Uh, So school taught me to be focused. I never realized and, and it was you know the school structure and class times and things help you get into that groove but I never realized how crucial that was to success once I left school. There are so many distractions. People want a chunk of your time. Um, there's so many platforms and apps that want to interrupt your day. And I've really learned to put in um, roadblocks and things in place so that I am not interrupted so I can get my deep work done and really focus. I am so productive when I do that. Uh, so get organized. Um, I learned to stay focused. Um, School also taught me how um, the art of what I call give them what they want. So I remember at school uh, exams or assignments, they're really specific on what they want from you. And I remember someone along the line saying to me, Lucy, now's not the time to be standing on a pedestal and getting across a a particular point of view. When you're at school, just give them what they want. And remember your teachers and the people marking your exams have certain things that they are looking for so that they can give you marks. So I learnt early on to structure my answers exactly how the exam question was structured and to reuse the words that were in the exam question or with an assignment. If it says, you know, write a thousand words on this, make sure you cover this, this, this and this, I would make sure my subheadings were actually the words referenced in the assignment so the teacher could easily see well this is a paragraph on that, that and that. Try to make it as easy for them to give you marks as possible. Now in the real world that has really applied in lots of ways but the most obvious way has been when I've been going for a job, which is actually not many times, I've been headhunted most times, but I've helped lots of people go for jobs and I've employed lots of people. And again, give them what they want. So if a job ad says, we want these attributes, make sure you write in your cover letter about those attributes and use those exact words. I've given lots and lots of references to people who've worked for me And when they say, I'm going for this ad, I say, send me the job ad and I will actually work the words in that ad into your reference so that you're giving them what you want. When you're in a sea of competition uh, for anything, you know, you want to get as many points in in an exam or you're going for a job or anything. If you're in a sea of competition, giving them what they want helps you absolutely cut through. Uh, makes it easier for you to be put onto the short list. So I learned those three things at school. Another thing that has just come to mind is um, I stayed in touch with my friends from school. So I've been out of school now for a long time. I'm 46, so I left in 1991, was my last year. And I've stayed in touch with about 45 friends from school. And I'm really, really glad I did because I'm surprised if you said to me, when I left school, oh, in, in 30 years time, you'll still be mates with half the girls in your school year. I wouldn't believe you, because I wasn't even friends with half of them. <laughs> but here I am, a few decades on, and we stayed in touch, and we have that commonality of school. And I cannot emphasize more for you how important your networks are who you know really helps you get by uh, once you leave school, who you know can link you to the right people, can tell you when there's a job opening, can help you do your job better. And there's a a few networks I'm part of them, a part of, and one of them is my school network. And uh, I have these networks and whenever I need anything I know I can find it in these networks. So stay in touch with your school friends. You um, are born at a time when staying connected is dead, dead easy. I was born at a time where you had to post a letter. So stay in touch because um, networks are really important to you. The next question is, what advice would you give to students who might be afraid of embracing change? Well, if you're afraid of embracing change, Uh, the good news is you're totally normal. Your brain is designed to keep you on the straight and narrow. Your brain is designed to use the same neural pathways all the time because it conserves energy. It's the easiest thing to do. As soon as change comes in, things get a bit harder and you use more energy and your brain actually has to uh, increase, um, pave new neural pathways and increase how much of the brain it uses. So it's totally normal to want to avoid that, to have that little niggling, eh, I don't like change. However, change is pretty much the only constant that we can be assured of in life, is that life can't stay the same forever. Um, I often say in speeches, people always want life to stay the same, but just get better, which we all know is impossible. Life can't stay the same and get better. It has to constantly change. And we also know there are millions of examples of this, but if you really want to thrive, not just survive, but thrive, it's going to be your ability to adapt to change that makes you, um, makes you a winner. So if you can embrace change as a completely normal part of life, that you can accept how normal it is for your brain not to be that keen on it, um, and really give it a red-hot go, uh, you'll have the ability to adapt and that is a massive strength to have that ability to adapt. Um, I know when one of my kids is um, practicing a song, um, a piece on the piano, my middle child, she's in nine, when she's practicing a piece on the piano and she starts to cry I know she's about to crack the back of that piece because the frustration is annoying her to the point where she slams the cover of the piano down and marches away. She doesn't like the change she's having to implement in her neural pathways of her brain and to teach her fingers. It's that simple. But if she comes back, I always drag her back and go, you're about to break through. If you're hating this so much, (laughs) you're actually about to break through. So even if change feels a bit yuck to you, Um, remember you're on the way to a breakthrough. Change can be a wonderful thing too. Change is really good for your health um, because paving those new neural pathways is actually good for longevity. At this stage in your life you're probably not thinking about life expectancy but at at some point in your life (laughs) you will and as you get older pushing your neural pathways along to learn new things um, is actually incredibly good for your brain health and your life expectancy. So embrace change, it's totally normal. And the last question uh, says, you come across as a highly motivated person who's passionate about all projects that you are involved in. Do you feel it's important for people to always have their true personality on show? I think that's a cracker question. Let me just clarify something though. If I come across as someone who's passionate about all projects that I'm involved in, that's because I'm really choosy. I only do projects that I'm passionate about. And one of the number one um, factors in choosing something I get involved in is fun. I do things because they look like they're gonna be fun and I tend to stop when they stop being fun. So um, that's that's a tip right there, is to pick and choose what you do. I pick and chose my school subjects because I wanted teachers I loved, subjects that were fun and that I was good at. Being good at them makes them much more fun and I think that's why I come across as passionate, because I'm choosy. So, do I think it's important for people to always have their true personality on show? Absolutely. It is utterly crucial. You know why? Because it's too exhausting to be anybody else. Honestly, I definitely have a lazy element in me. <laughs> and it's it's simpler. It takes a whole lot less energy to just be yourself. Um yeah, it's too exhausting to be somebody else. So I do a lot of speaking, and one of the um, most common pieces of feedback I get from my audiences is, Lucy, you are so real and so authentic and so raw on stage, and I loved it. And I always think, well, that's just me. I was just being me on stage. The way I'm talking to you right now doing this recording is exactly how I speak on stage to huge audiences. And you know what? It's the exact same way I chat with my mum, the same way I talk to my kids and give give advice to them. So I'm just the same person. It just depends on whether there's a microphone standing in front of me. So it's um, much easier um, to be yourself and too exhausting to be somebody else. Now don't worry about what other people think of you, honestly. The day I stopped caring what other people think uh, of me and my choices was a wonderful day. And if you catch yourself judging others for petty things, give yourself a little uppercut because it's a waste of time and energy to be doing that. But I'll tell you something, I'm just going to look it up quickly so I get the wording right. Not everyone is going to adore you and you just need to accept that now. It's an absolute normal part of life, not everyone's going to think you're fabulous, but you know what? A lot of people are going to like the real you. Um, so just focus on that. Know that there's a percentage of people out there who are not going to adore um, your, the true personality on show. Doesn't matter. That's to be expected. But there's a gorgeous quote from Dieter Von Teese. Uh, Who's married to Marilyn Manson of all people, but this is a gorgeous quote. I use it all the time She says you can be the ripest juiciest peach in the world and there's still going to be somebody who hates peaches So go out there and be be your own brand of peach no matter where you are at work at school at home Just be the authentic you and the right people are going to think that that's fabulous so thanks for letting me chat to you today I've Enjoyed sharing some of um, some of my thoughts.